0: Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner.
1: This is episode number 454 with Yue Shu and Julie Krafczyk, an insider's look into modern dating. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe a woman of value naturally attracts the respect that she wants in life and in love. And if you're looking to build your confidence and show up more authentically in your life, I wrote a book for you and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's filled with stories, tips, and exercises to help you step more fully into your value. It's available on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. And every week I bring you a tip from the book. This week's tip is step 17, which is let go of toxic people. This is one of my favorite steps. (laughs) I, I, when I got divorced, I realized how many toxic people I had in my life. Like usually when you allow one, you allow others. And so the work that I do now as a dating coach and the work I do with boundaries and setting limits has helped to eradicate all those toxic all the toxicity. So I just want to challenge you this week that if you have any toxic people who are in your life, really look at How can I either set limits with this person or really just walk away and go no contact? Because that's usually the only way to deal with many of these people, unless they're family members, and then that's a whole other story. (laughs) Um, Before I bring our guests on, I want to invite you to join our fantastic Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date, and we are over 3,000 women strong, and this is a heavily moderated group in fact one of our moderators moderates Julie and UA's group too her name is Janice <laughs> and she's fantastic and we both have similar groups actually we'll talk a little bit about the datable group because it's it's kind of in the same philosophy of being really open about how we look at dating and we're interested in growth and forward movement not in getting stuck in old rules And if that appeals to you, I invite you to join us at your last first date. And now for our fantastic guests, Yue and Julie are the hosts of Dateable. It's one of the top rated podcasts about dating, love and sex. They are active daters who turned dating sociologists, and they've talked to thousands of real life daters and experts to explore modern dating culture why people date the way they do man that's a good question <laughs> um, before doing this podcast UA was a dating coach and Julie was an app designer and together they have been staying dateable <laughs> since yes. 2016. welcome to the show UA and Julie
0: thanks Sandy
1: Thank you.
2: Glad to be here.
1: Uh, So excited to have you. I love listening to Dateable. It's it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to as I'm walking. And I love the mix of guests that you have, that you balance having real life people with experts. So we've just gone through this crazy year of Corona, uh, the pandemic, and you started a Facebook group about dating during the pot during the pandemic and i'm a member of the group i love it so through the podcast and through your facebook group i'd love to hear some of the biggest struggles that you've noticed um, that people are going through in the past year
0: <laughs> other than the obvious which are <laughs> just isolation feeling this this feeling of loss, loss of mourning their life before COVID, mourning their dating life before COVID, mourning a social connection and a sense of community. But I think the biggest struggle that people are having right now is how do I get back into the Mm -hmm. dating scene? Uh, Everybody sees the light at the end of the tunnel, but they also see that their social skills may have become a little rusty in the last year. And social cues have also become blurred. So how do I read the signals that I used to think were good signals? Mm -hmm. I don't know if they are anymore. How do I progress with a relationship when safety is still a huge concern? So the biggest challenge I think we definitely are seeing is how do I get back into the swing of things? Absolutely. I
2: think a lot of people are like, you know what? I haven't gotten date ready. I haven't put makeup on in a year. I've been wearing <laughs> sweats and, you know, only getting ready from the waist up essentially for video dates and it's daunting to a lot of people. I think people are excited to get back out there and resume quote unquote normal life. But I think there is this level of like feeling scared about it that is happening like UA was just mentioning. The other thing that's interesting too is that like I think with a lot of, you know, companies going remote in like reimagining like the future of work. This is causing a lot of people to like reevaluate like where they're living, how they want to live their mm-hmm. lives. And I think that like uncertainty also kind of does play into your dating life. Because I think if you're unsure of where you want to be, it can make dating a little more challenging when you're kind of like half in half out and figuring things
1: out. Yeah, that's, that's been an interesting, all of this is interesting. But I think that last <laughs> uh, point that you made, um, Julie, is I remember when, um, I think it was Tinder had this passport Mm -hmm. where you could pick anyone in the world and um, they made that free for a while during the pandemic. And I I really thought that was a great idea because many of us are not tethered to where we live. And I was just having a conversation this morning with with, um, someone who met somebody who lives a distance from her and she's actually considering moving. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, aren't you really connected to where you live? Your business is there. You have a child there. And she goes, no, I hate where I live. My child (laughs) is miserable. (laughs) I'd be happy to move. And so there are opportunities that have come up. And I think that if we can look at all of life as opportunity, Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, there are challenges and we don't want to whitewash the challenges because they're, they're big ones. We've had a lot of losses but there are also hidden opportunities so i love the um the idea that you can get up and move and but it also is like okay who am i where am i <laughs> I don't know what to do, right? A
2: lot of identity things. You know what? I totally agree with you. Like, no one's going to say that 2020 and this pandemic has been a good time. Like, no one's going to say that. But of course, you can find silver linings in everything. And I think one of the silver linings that we've seen is the community that we've established. And you're part of the Love in the Time of Corona group. And I think one of the things that I've loved about it is meeting people from all over and kind of getting Mm -hmm. out of, like, your bubble and seeing the different perspectives. I think people are always quick to blame where they live too for their dating problems. It's like that and the apps, those are like the (laughs) Mm go-to like this is what's wrong, it has nothing to do with me, it's all about that but then I think there's something kind of refreshing in a way that like everyone's having the same issues no matter where they live. I don't know. I know it's like not misery loves company but at the same time like it is kind of nice to say like okay this is a universal challenge like this might show up slightly different depending on where I live but i'm not like alone and feeling like this and it's not necessarily unique to my situation either
1: yeah i mean i think challenges do a few things they they bring us together in many ways we looked at what happened after the world trade towers fell and how many people came together in new york to to help each other people who never would t- talk to each other were now coming together and supporting And also challenges really have us reevaluate what's important. And I think that we can find connection through those things that are important in our lives. And I'm seeing a lot of really smart conversations going on in both of our groups, um, Mm -hmm. really about like, okay, what's important to me? I used to think this was, you know, I needed X, Y, and Z in dating. And I realized those are just preferences and they don't really matter.
0: Have you seen any themes or trends of particular topics that people are having epiphanies about? I think in our group uh, we're having people are having epiphanies about whether they want relationships or not. I think they first joined our group thinking that this is a group for relationship minded people and then they saw that there was just a diversity of people who are some are single, some are actually married, some are in relationships, some are not looking for marriage or relationships. So um having this concentrated time in this last year, people have to had, they've had to face this question of, do I even want to be in a relationship?
1: Yeah, that's been an interesting one. We don't see that so much in my group. But I've definitely seen it in yours. We had a, a pretty heavy conversation over the last few days about body type. Uh, mm. And
2: oh, I saw that in your group. Did you? The, about uh, the short, um, short, like yeah. Height shaming, yes.
1: Yeah. So mm. I added a new guideline today about <laughs> no body shaming in my group because you would think these things would be just kind of common sense, but. Nope but no, no. <laughs> and it's it's so interesting that what you think is important height i mean especially during this time
0: mm-hmm. where
1: you know we are reevaluating life in general and and it's i mean it's indicative of a certain way of thinking for sure mm-hmm. height is not a character trait height and weight you know color of skin all of those mm-hmm. things that we think are so important and every single person in my group who's found a relationship that was real not a fairy tale but like real life has found it with somebody that was not their type and mm-hmm. so the type mm-hmm. thing is a big conversation i know you had logan yuri mm-hmm. on your show and i've had her on mine and it, she talks a lot about this too it's like this this whole type thing conversation of they have to look a certain way, they have to have a certain income. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you guys really like to open up conversations around this. So yeah, can you share any conversations you've had around any of those topics that have really been interesting and eye opening?
0: Well, Logan loves the term relation shopping versus <laughs> relationshiping and we really see that with modern dating has become so much about relation shopping. You go on the apps like it's Amazon and you're searching for based on criteria of things that don't really matter to you. But I think what is a really nice change right now, because unfortunately of everything that's happening around race in America today, it is opening up conversations and having people pause to question why is this my type? Why Mm -hmm. have I been attracted to this? Or why has this particular person not been my type? And as a result of these, I would say, challenging conversations, people are opening up their filters because they honestly can't answer where their type even comes from. And we always like to say, you only know what you know. So your Mm -hmm. type is only the people you've met, people you have not had successful relationships with. So why not open up your parameters? So it's really exciting to see these conversations happen.
2: Yeah, we're, we're starting a movement, Date Without Hate, because there mm-hmm. is so much going on, you know, and that I think that I mean, that applies clearly to all the racial injustices that are going on. But I think it also applies to, you know, body image and height and like mm-hmm. all this stuff that's out of people's control, essentially, and you're making snap judgments not knowing this person whatsoever. And I mean, I think the pandemic, a lot of us have done the work I think there's been a well. I would say there's probably two groups of people. There's people that have done the work, and there's people that have kind of like bat, like you know, ignored it or just focused on how lonely they were and not really reflected inwards. And I think out coming out of the pandemic, we're going to see those types of people emerge. The people that are more open-minded and like you were saying, Sandy, aren't going to like hold back a great match because their height might be a certain, like I was looking at that, that feed, the comment on yours, and I think the woman was like 5'2", and the man was like 5'8", and I'm like, wait, what? Like this is, I know. you know, it was so absurd, but it's like there are those people, and you know what, like we always say too it's like we can only meet people where they are like you can provide all the education and support but it it does kind of take it for you individually to have it click and I think coming out of this pandemic we're going to be able to the people that have done the work are going to be able to really clearly see others that have
1: also. Yeah, somebody posted that Prince was five three. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, let's get a clue here. <laughs> Put it in perspective. Yeah, that it's it's never about height and it's never about weight. It's about it's about our own self judgment, really. And I think when we can bring more self love into the picture and self acceptance more than self love, self compassion. We start to blur the lines of where we used to think things were important. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, economics, I I just finished reading um, Make the Move with John Berger, and he talks Mm -hmm. about dating across classes, you know, that you used to, people used to think only, you know, white collar can date white collar and you'd always, you have to have a college degree. If I have a college degree, that was one of the things as I started coaching was like, you look at people with a PhD as being smart. A lot of them are not, (laughs) honestly. And you're overlooking all these people without college degrees who are brilliant you know how many people have been successful entrepreneurs and have done amazing things without a college degree and so we can't we put these little parameters around people to help us stay safe and feel like we're going to get a guarantee somehow that was another conversation that came up around a man has to love me more Mm. what does that even mean right
2: (laughs) (laughs) well I think this is the challenge though is a lot of I mean I'm assuming a lot of your listeners too are kind of you know in their 30s to 50s probably and I mean I don't want to say I don't know how old (laughs) your listeners are but I'm assuming they're like not like in their you know young 20s and um I'll say that again. I'm assuming they're not in their 20s. I don't want to say young. (laughs) And um, I think we see this a lot with our audience, too, of people that are like what we call like the two of us are elder millennials we're like on the cusp. And a lot of it is like straddling the old advice that we've been given and old way of thinking with the new way of thinking. And there was a lot of, you know, bad books out there that kind of confirm what you were just saying, like marry someone that loves you more. I remember that in Sex of the City as like a topic Mm -hmm. too. And it's like, it's hard to sometimes unravel these old ways of thinking. But I think we need to ask why. I mean, that's the whole premise of our podcast is, ask why, then ask why again, and ask why a third time, because then you'll get to the root of what it actually is and why you're thinking that way. And is it something that you're thinking, or is it just because society and bad books told you to think that way?
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many reasons we need to ask why. I love that, ask why three times, because We don't even realize most of the time we have Mm -hmm. these beliefs or where they came Mm -hmm. from. Like we think they're true when we stop and really interrogate the truth of our statements and our beliefs, we start to really see things very differently.
2: Yeah. And I mean, to tie it back to like your earlier example about the height, like I think that there isn't actually a research technique, like with the three Ys because it does like when people first answer a question, it's kind of surface level. So like, I'm thinking about the height thing, because there was a long a period of time that I wanted someone that was like six feet and above, like I kind of went into that whole stereotype. And at first, it was like, oh, I want to feel protected. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was how Then if you take a layer deeper, you're like, I want, I don't want to feel um, small, like with this person sorry, I don't want to feel big. I don't want this person to feel smaller than me. And then if you go a, a layer deeper, it's actually, I'm not happy with the way I'm feeling. It has nothing to do with this other person. <laughs> so it's like, if you can kind of like dissect it down, a lot of times, we place blame on like we were saying, the dating apps, your location, other people where it's all stems from yourself at the end of the day.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that, that example of really pulling it apart, because that's, that's usually what we end up with. And the location with that is, uh, there are no people where I live, huh?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it is,
1: it is easy
0: to blame your location, right? It's the, it's the easiest external factor, Mm -hmm. you can just say, well, there's no inventory, or there's just no good matches out there. But again with the pandemic i think people have realized that it has nothing to do with where they live <laughs> and what they do or who they surround themselves with we all had to face a music which is ourselves and really dig deep into why am i not happy with my love life or what can i be doing better for myself mm-hmm. and so that's why these conversations are evolving into something that goes beyond The superficial requirements from pre-pandemic, or at least I hope it
1: sticks. (laughs) I think for some people it will stick, and for other people they'll just go right back. You know, we're humans; we tend to we tend to go right back to our messes as soon as things get back to so-called normal. But we're not going to get back to normal anytime soon. So.
2: Or at least I uh, yeah. hope we can preserve some of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think, I agree. I think we're already noticing conversations like going back to kind of similar to how they were at the start of this, like before the pandemic. Like I think the the early March, April period when this first hit, people did get like really re- real and raw and it has like kind of like eased up the longer it's gone on. But I guess my hope is that like at least we can take away like one positive change or one thing that like we've learned about our or dating that we can maintain coming, moving forward.
1: This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. Whenever I cook, I love listening to music from the seventies, like the Grateful Dead and Crosby, Stills and Nash, and my favorite Joni Mitchell. With Amazon Music Unlimited, I can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. And you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any device, whether it's your smartphone or tablet, your PC or your Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. You will never hear or see an ad, and you can even download songs and podcasts and playlists to listen to offline. Now, for a limited time, you can get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 90 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to claim this offer. So, Julie, you're you're dating, correct? Mm -hmm. What's your biggest takeaway? What have you been applying?
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, being excited about dates again um there was a period that like and I I shouldn't say that, that I wasn't excited but I think I became like it became so standard that you would go on a date that they lost excitement and meaning and a lot of times like I wouldn't even put the person's name in my phone because I'm like oh there's like a 50 percent chance I'll never see this person again Julie you know? knew like, a lot of tinder <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: why? <did> exactly you... <laughs> everyone's... everyone's name is something tinder it's crazy.
2: <laughs> exactly. I did have that in my phone at one stage of life when I was really serial dating. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, I think, though, there is something about like getting excited to meet the person like I think one of the challenges in the pandemic is not getting so ahead of yourself because we have also seen that and I've experienced it myself that you, you know, build this person up because of a virtual connection. So I'm trying to not take that moving forward. But I am still trying to take this part where you know, I do talk to them on the phone, at least once before meeting, I feel like at least I'm like, okay, this person and I could carry a good conversation, I'm looking forward to meeting them in person, not just like, Like, oh, another, you know, I got to do my quota of three dates a week and just knock it off. Like, I think it's, there is like a mental mindset shift that like my time is valuable. Like, I want to meet people that add value to my life. I think also it's like, I have been, you know, living alone during this pandemic. And at first it was scary. And it's become empowering to me that I'm like, you know, I've been able to do this on my own, like it while maybe my goal in life isn't to be on alone if that ends up happening it's not the worst thing in the world like I'm perfectly happy as is and I think that mindset it's allowing people to come in my life that add value and not just like being with people to fill a Friday night like I can do that on my own
1: Mm. yeah adding value is huge you know it's it's that's a big question is this person adding value and if not (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) making you feel good I think
2: that's like one of the things that keeps coming up on our podcast and what I've been really trying to apply to my dating life too is like how do I feel around this person like are do I like feel energized around them do I feel like they're like treating me like you know like the lowest priority on their list like I think that's really important to think about and assess beyond just you know like the superficial checklist
1: yeah, how you feel is probably the most important thing. I think what, yeah, I just spoke to a woman in Portugal today who just finished this relationship that was so toxic. And I asked her, how did you feel when you were with him? Did you feel, that did he bring out the best in you? Did you feel your body relaxed or stressed around? She goes, oh, always stressed didn't bring out the best of me. I never felt (laughs) safe. And I'm like, okay, these are clues. (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) But a lot of times, because if you're Mm -hmm. in a place of loneliness that you're just trying to like fill a void, that's when we gravitate to those types of people Mm -hmm. because it's better than nothing. And that's like the worst place to be in, in my opinion, for dating.
1: Right. Scarcity. And also it, it feels like attraction because that's how a lot of people are wired that feeling Mm -hmm. that kind of dysregulation and anxiety feels like attraction that's butterflies Mm -hmm. that's excitement right
0: yeah and unfortunately it goes back to how you view love and how you recognize love And so this is a great opportunity for that why, why, why exercise again, (laughs) digging into why do you perceive that as love? Why do you perceive that Mm -hmm. as affection? And then you'll see that it probably stems from your childhood somehow where you were given love very inconsistently and that's the only way you recognize it.
1: Yeah. So true. It all stems back to how we Everything. were raised, right?
0: <laughs> but...
1: I'll
2: blame our
0: parents. <laughs> it's not where you live. Yeah. <laughs> or
2: the, yeah. Exactly. People blame are blaming your parents. the wrong external stimulus. <laughs>
1: exactly. It's where you used to live. Yeah. It's right. Not where right. You live now. <laughs> but that's, that's the whole point. It's like, okay, connect the dots, really figure out why you keep repeating these patterns and, undo it, you can you can Mm -hmm. undo the damage. I don't care how old you are, like, instead of being a victim of it, we have so many choices, We're back to Mm -hmm. choice points. Um, How are we going to deal with it? Are we going to continue to try to get that love through partners who are horrible for us and make us feel that sense of anxiety? Or are we going to work on ourselves and try to change our attraction? I know you had mm-hmm. Ken Page on the show also, yeah. which who I love, love and he's Ken been show. So he talks about that, but you know, how he grew up with that that was attraction to him and he finally changed mm-hmm. to attractions of inspiration instead of deprivation, which I just love that distinction too.
2: Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's been so fun to see in our Facebook group is we have, it's kind of like a movement, I think, of all these people that are going on master dates. So instead <laughs> of like basically dating yourself, and it sounds really dirty if you just say it I out of context, <laughs> but everyone's like, I'm busy master dating, I'm master dating this weekend. Like we get those posts all the time in our yeah. group. Like we had one of our members, she took herself to Sonoma to wine country and went wine tasting herself and she's like you know what I was thinking I wanted to get out there was I didn't have a partner I didn't have any friends available and I'm like you know what I'm not going to get held back because I'm single Mm -hmm. and I think that attitude has been so refreshing to see and you know it's like just being like Comfortable with yourself and being able to entertain yourself and staying open to company because by default, humans are wired for relationships, whether that's romantic, platonic, familiar, whatever it is. But like, I think it's not saying that you're just because you're like spending time by yourself, it means that you're closing yourself off to relationships. But it also does mean that like you aren't going to necessarily stand for bullshit essentially because. You're like, I could just go to one country myself. I don't need to go with someone that's treating me horribly.
1: I love the whole master dating thing. <laughs> I think it's such a brilliant concept. One um, well, of my sons said something really funny. Um, oh, this is something he learned from a, a male dating coach that he'll tell women, like when he wants to hang out with them, he'll say, I'm going to be at this park. I'd love to go with you. If you want to meet me there, great. I'm going anyway. Mm. (laughs) So it's kind of like, I'm going to live my life and you're welcome to join me. And I mean, I would, if I was dating him, I would want him to ask me out properly.
2: (laughs) I was like, I don't know about this one. (laughs)
1: But this is more like these friends who he's thinking of dating mm. Um, mm. or when like he has one woman in his life who he used to date and he want, he's now in a friendship with her. So he'll say, I'd love to hang out with you sometime. And she'll say, well, I don't know. And he'll go, well, look, I'm going to be at the park and I'm taking a walk. Yeah, so, I like that. You know, it's, it's sort of I'm going to live my life. And you're welcome to be part of it or not, but I'm not going to stop my life because you're not joining me. And I think that's, that's important for all of us to mm-hmm. take away, that we should continue to live a great life. And actually, this is usually when people find a partner because they're out having a great time. They're, they're right. exuding joy and, and having fun. Yeah, so... Ah. Um, <sighs> <laughs> what do we talk about now? I, I, There's so many questions. So some other trends that you've seen, like mistakes that people make in dating, especially now, um, what are some mistakes that you've seen?
0: It's hard to identify mistakes because then we're saying there are rules that they've broken. <laughs> uh, we like to rephrase this as things that people should be more cautious of or just think twice about. So some of that would be, I think we're getting back into the whole swipe culture, uh, where you're just swiping, swiping for vanity swipes, swiping for attention. And it gets us into a really dark place when we start doing this on the regular, because you start thinking that everyone is disposable, and that if you don't match with this person, there's someone better out there. So just a way to navigate around that is, we always say, like, make your swiping activity an event, so you kind of treat it like it's sacred, and give yourself a limit you should only really be talking to two to three people at a time don't try to balance like seven to ten conversations because you're not going to go deep with anybody and give yourself a limit even if the apps are giving you endless 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 matches or endless people to look at maybe set a time limit i'm only going to swipe for an hour and then at the end of the hour i'm done i cannot swipe any longer I think people
2: are just often looking for a quick fix like we hear people all the time being like what can I do to my profile to like, you know, bring all these matches in. And I do recognize that people have different levels. Like some people don't get a match like ever. So I don't want to say that like, it's not about your profile at all. Like you obviously need to have a funnel of people coming in. But I do think that a lot of us are fixated on the wrong things. Like we're so obsessed with like the first message we should send and, you know, like having the perfect profile and it actually causes us to hesitate and not actually be authentic and just make moves and have conversations. Conversations. I'm like in the minority here, but like, I personally don't love these, like, really, you know, witty opening lines that I'm like, (laughs) I have no idea how to respond to that because now I feel pressure to become super witty myself. Like, just ask me how I'm doing. I don't mind if you ask me what my weekend is like. And I know some people hate that so much and they're like, this random person doesn't know, care about my weekend. But that's how you would just talk if you met someone. And it does give you insight into like how they spend their time and their lifestyle. So I personally see nothing wrong with it. As long as like the conversation progresses, if it's just like, you know, that back and forth, and it's not going anywhere, that's another sign. But I think so many people are putting weight on these things that really aren't important. And it's like Mm -hmm. preventing them from actually just interacting with people like I think we talked about with Logan too it's like the quicker you can get off apps like in terms of messaging whether that's like progressing to you know text to video to phone or whatever to even to in real life ideally that's the goal of dating apps is to meet in real life I think the problem when people get so fixated on apps is that they never get out of that like messaging phase
1: yeah. Oh man. Um, so I love both of your uh, comments. I I think that the whole swipe culture. I just saw something. It might have been on your on your Facebook group about some of the biggest complaints mm-hmm. in online dating. And mm-hmm. one was, you know, it takes too long. You spend hours yeah. and feels like, like, like a job. A feels like a job. job right? <laughs> Why are people? Yeah, don't make
2: it feel like a job. Yeah, (laughs) that's your decision. Timer.
1: I've even had clients do like twenty minutes. Set a timer. Don't make it a job. And also your attitude going in, because you know I've I've helped clients reframe from oh my god this is like you know root canal to. <laughs> to like find a better metaphor. So one of them shows like amusement park, you know, like I'm entering an amusement park and I don't know, you know, what the rides are gonna be like and I'm gonna have fun and some rides I won't go on and some I will go on. Right. And it's like if you can reframe how you're approaching it, it makes such a difference.
2: I mean, finding Love and meeting people is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Like the hard part is when, you know, like you have conflict that's like in a relationship. That should be the hard part. And that, that also, again, is the mindset you go in. If you don't think of conflict as, you know, a pain point that could also change how you view that but the early stages of dating and just meeting new people should not feel like a job yet for whatever reason it is it's like completely made people you know want to grill people on dates like that date I I mean I've been on that date it is not fun to be on a date where someone is you know unleashing all their emotional baggage and grilling you to make sure that you're not going to hurt them like who wants to do that for date one like let's just have fun and I don't know for for whatever reason that seems like a foreign concept to a lot of people.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think so people odd. people people love to know the last page of the book before they open the uh. book. <laughs> tell me and how I, it's gonna end <laughs> I
2: get it to some degree it's like you don't you know you've been you don't want to like waste your time you don't want to like go for unavailable people I think social emotionally unavailable is like the biggest buzzword <laughs> right. right now but at the same time it's like you need to just get to know the person like if you I remember in our group we had someone share like a line that she uses with before she even like talks to the like the men that she was engaging with. And it was basically like, how did they contribute to the breakup of their last relationship? Mm-hmm. And one of the guys in the group was like, Because she was like, I I use it to like test to see if they're self-aware and they're acknowledging, you know, their own how they contributed. One of the guys was like, I don't even know you. I'm not gonna like tell you the truth anyways.
0: Like, and that doesn't sound like fun. You don't like, you don't sound like a fun date.
2: Yeah, like I had someone ask me like what my five year plan was. I'm like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Are we on an interview? Like, what's going on? And it goes back to that relation shopping mindset. People feel like they have to make these really educated, informed decisions, like when they've shopped for a car or shop for a house. (laughs) But shopping for love is not the same. You have to go with your gut feeling and intuition. And we forget to tap into our guts and our heart for that. We are all constantly looking for more information that in the grand scheme of things, (laughs) 10 years from now, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter.
2: If you're running assessments in your head, you're not present. And no. people can feel that. And then it doesn't matter if you want to go out with them a second time. They probably won't want to go out with you. So it's like it's kind of like, let's do the calculations once there's actually a foundation even there.
1: Yeah, it's really true. And I have to admit that I've used similar lines before I got to be a smarter <laughs> dater. I mean, I, I was really interested in seeing if people took responsibility in their mm-hmm. lives. And so I would ask it more like, uh, what did you learn about yourself? What did you learn from your last relationship? It wasn't quite the, uh, you know, tell me how you take responsibility. (laughs) But what I want to hear is, you know, my ex-wife was a horrible person. She took all my money or I learned that I need more communication in the next Mm -hmm. relationship. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. that's a that's an okay conversation to have. Maybe maybe on a second date, you know, but I think the first date have fun, like see if you can Mm -hmm. laugh together, do something fun. I think we we also get stuck in these dates that are all the same, you know, Mm -hmm. and the pandemic has given us many opportunities also to explore other ways of dating. Have you seen any trends in how people are meeting, the creative ways that people are dating? We had
2: a we had a past guest meet on Clubhouse, you know. Like I think there's there's a lot of uh, like Mm. like online platforms, and actually, UA and I predicted this before the pandemic. We did not predict the pandemic, but we did predict. (laughs) We weren't that psychic, psychic. but we did think that like dating apps were going to start to like simulate real life a bit more. And I think we have actually seen that, that like people are using different platforms. Like we even see in our Facebook group, we do happy hours in our like premium group, The Sounding Board. And people have said like, it's like Coachella. We go to different rooms or like a big house party. (laughs) Like Coachella might be a stretch, but like a a house party, you know, that we jump around and we talk to different people and it's all virtual. And I think like with um, Clubhouse and some of the other audio platforms that are coming on and, you know, people are using TikTok to meet people Like there's so many different ways that aren't necessarily quote unquote dating apps, but there's still apps in technology. And I think we're seeing a lot of that happen. And it's going to be really fascinating to see how that continues post, um, you know, back into society. And my personal belief is that I think it will stay. I think that it won't be like the only way people interact like they are now. But I do think that like. I mean, if you're just sitting at home on a Thursday night, like you don't have plans. Realistically, before the pandemic, we did not have plans every night of the week. Like, we know, like we had lives that we had to maintain. So if you're sitting at home and the thought, the question is, should I watch Netflix or should I hop on Clubhouse and like talk to people? Or should I hop on, you know, a datable? I'll plug ourselves, (laughs) happy hour (laughs) and like interact with people? Like I think people are going to choose to interact with people and like it's still a way to get your social muscles going without leaving your home which is you know very convenient
1: <laughs> yeah
0: i think people are definitely testing their creativity back in the day people had a system of how they date they had the bar they go to they had the drink they would get they had the lines they would say and the and covid really shook things up and they can't go to their normal system anymore so we've seen people not just plan creative outdoor dates but the creative the creativity comes out on what do you do on these outdoor dates it's not just hiking maybe it's a challenge maybe it's a scavenger hunt people have to really step up their game and we're starting to see this traditional way of courtship come back in a way because people are taking the time to actually plan dates what a concept (laughs) and that in itself just exercises a more creative part of your
1: brain yeah, for sure. I, I remember, um, actually had um, Ketan on my mm-hmm. on my Facebook Live a couple of weeks ago, because yep. uh, Janice had told me about him meeting a, a woman on Clubhouse. And I thought it was such a great story. And I wanted to share it with my audience, because they walk around so limited as mm-hmm. to how they're meeting people. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, just opening up to a meetup. To, I, I, I've been to meetups before the pandemic, but people have been continuing to go to meetups virtually and meeting people. And years ago, I discovered Facebook groups as a way to meet singles. And uh, there actually are singles groups. Your group in particular is great because not only attracts men and women, but the conversations are much deeper and more less judgy there's a, there are a lot of singles groups where the conversations are
0: oh yeah we've that seen was it. our fear yeah.
2: starting the group yeah we're like i hope this doesn't happen i think we have naturally weeded those people out because they probably wouldn't like our podcast but yeah it's, there's yeah. definitely those out there we've seen them
1: <laughs> yeah and it's it you know so it's a great way to actually get to know a person whereas a, a dating app you get a very small snippet of somebody who may look like that 10 years ago and has chosen to curate some little lines that show how witty they are or somebody else thinks they are because they wrote it for them. And, and you know, on these on these Facebook groups, and I highly recommend everybody join your group, because it is a great way to get to know people, mm-hmm. to get to know their heart, their soul, how they, how they answer each other, how they support each other, the ones who step up and show leadership skills. I mean, this, this mm-hmm. is what we're looking for, right?
2: I mean, I admit that before our Facebook group, I was never like a big Facebook group user. I was in some, but I was more of a lurker. I very rarely posted. (laughs) I didn't really engage or get to know anyone. And I have just been blown away by the people in our group. And I mean, I know I have a little bit of a bias because I am the person that runs the group but (laughs) (laughs) but we have heard this from people that don't run the group that are in the group too that they feel like they've like I mean a lot of them have met up with each other even if it's not romantic just to like we had this one person post the best post she was like I'm getting ready for this date I haven't been on a date for like you know six months I'm really nervous what should I wear and that ended up being like with another woman in the group as like a friend (laughs) date and (laughs) there's just been so much like connection that's happened and I personally I personally feel like I've met like a whole new group of friends this pandemic that I didn't know before from all over the world, which is very, very exciting and interesting. And, you know, even if it doesn't lead to romantic connection, I think it flexes your social muscles. I think it helps you connect with others. I think it helps you stay curious, you know, learn all stuff that like is going to apply when you actually meet that person too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I found that in my group too, although it's not with men and women, it's only women, but women have have grown, first of all, in their awareness of themselves about dating mm-hmm. because of the way we manage the group also. Mm-hmm. And many of them have formed lifelong friendships. We've had we've had gatherings before COVID of groups in different parts of the world. I mean, it, it really is an amazing thing to have a group that is well run where things don't go off the rails because somebody's paying attention and i think that's what sets our groups apart from a lot of the groups that are out there
0: yeah and that's the power of being part of these groups is that we are able to control the narrative and therefore control the conversation and it's awesome that we can control the culture of these groups in a way that aligns with our ourselves right so it's it's great to see that reflection but i agree that these conversations could go awry so easily (laughs) and i'm glad that it's not just us who are moderating we've got janice who's moderating but we've also got all the members who are policing each other like Mm -hmm. that's not cool to say or you know so it's always the conversations always turn positive and we really need Mm -hmm. those positive conversations right now
1: we I certainly
0: the, do <laughs> the other thing that i think has been great
2: in there too like we've gotten these you know i mean because our group is is a split of men and women but it's it's a little it's skewing more women if we were to look at the numbers and there's been comments like all men suck or all men do this and we like janice has done a great job our moderator but other all the other members like you said policing each other too they're like hey, it's not all men. There's some freaking phenomenal men in this group. I can point to five of them right now. Like, Uh you know, and I think Janice actually calls it the gold standard. And it's like when you do know wonderful men or women or whoever you're dating, that's when you start to like, again, hold a higher standard for other people in your lives because you're like, they do exist. It's not that, you know, it's an urban myth that this person is out there. I can put a name to a face and I know the way that, you know quality people of value speak and interact with people and have relationships and then you can hold yourself to that standard
1: that's a really good point i think often we don't have role models we just mm-hmm. have this mythical you know idea of fairy tale relationships mm-hmm. with people who don't exist or we have terrible experiences with yep. people who treat us poorly and who are Neanderthals, and you know it's like we just and and people don't give each other a chance either, you know. There's dating is a lot of judgment. It's mm-hmm. quick judgments, quick assessments, and if we could just slow down. And I think the pandemic has helped us with this a bit. You know, it's taken hookups and all that stuff all the booty calls are changed during the pandemic and i think we've learned also what's important to us in terms of setting boundaries and safety and Mm -hmm. and you know i think that that a lot of people are just reassessing all of those things um so i have a question about anything that surprised you that you learned since starting the podcast any surprises oh,
0: since starting the podcast yeah
1: <laughs> i don't even know where
2: we start there's probably been so many surprises
0: <laughs> uh my biggest surprise is our how much our content has evolved and where it is today we truly started the podcast as a funny dating stories podcast we just <laughs> want to hear what people were going through and now we are in a place where we're providing a, a space and a platform for everyone to tell us their different perspectives on how they view dating and how they navigate the dating scene and relationships so i'm i'm very proud of us for evolving our content evolving ourselves but i'm also just very surprised by how much our content has changed throughout the years
2: Yeah. I mean, we did recently, we did an episode about toxic masculinity. We've touched mental dating with depression. Like those are topics that I don't think you and I ever planned on covering. I would have been like, what does that even mean? Like, How does that relate to dating? And I think what yeah, I think that's the point, though, is it's like dating and relationships, especially dating. It shines such a mirror on yourself. And I think so. I think what I'm surprised by is how much of it is, you know, on your own self. Like, you clearly need to get into relationships to relate to others, too, so it can't just be all self-work or, you know, that's going to just be, you know, you living in a fantasy land by yourself. And if that's not your end goal, then, you know, you do need to, like, bring another person into the equation. But that being said, like, I think when we started, I thought it was going to be more like, yeah, let's talk about people going on dates and not like the self-love and compassion and work that actually needs to happen. I think the biggest surprise, though, to me, though, is how many similarities there are between different groups of people. When we first started, I thought our audience was going to be straight women. That's who I thought was going to listen to it. And the amount of, you know, straight men, gay men. You know other like LGBTQ plus like community members like how they all relate like at the end of the day no matter what we're going through we can find similarities with other people's experiences even if the experience doesn't line up a hundred percent to us and I think that to me has been incredible like we did a podcast about you know puppy play and to hear someone like come back and is like oh I actually like realize like a revelation that I don't want to like you know yuck someone's yum anymore and you know like all the stuff that you're like you wouldn't have walked into thinking that you would get like a really important takeaway from puppy play so it's like that's what I think has been the most interesting to me
1: (laughs) that is really interesting I think that we are all connected so much more than we think we are
2: Absolutely. And
1: uh, I mean, my audience is women over 40 and I have men and I have married people and I have gay people and I have all people too. And I think because love is universal, emotions are universal mm-hmm. and the topics are universal. So I, I love how you started as one thing and ended up broadening so much and reaching so many people and getting so much great press um, you you really have achieved something amazing. and I think you're you're genuine, both of you just really are authentic and genuine and and curious. And I think that is really one of the appeals for me that you bring such a variety of people and the conversations are always interesting and real.
0: Thank you. It takes it takes one to know one. So yeah.
1: I right uh, thank, thank you,
0: Sandy.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, so this has just been an amazing conversation and I would love to have people find you wherever you are. So please tell us all the ways people can contact you and find you.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much on every podcast platform out there. (laughs) Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, any other apps that you listen to your podcast, you can find us can also go to at dateable podcast on social media. Instagram is probably like our most active social media platform. And then join the Love in the Time of Corona Facebook group. Mm -hmm. That's where we've been talking about this whole time. (laughs) And, you know, there's a lot going on. And then, you know, if you love what you're seeing, we have our premium members group the sounding board but you know start in love in the time of the corona and get to know us better we'll 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 start slowly and then eventually we'll dtr and make this official with you
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's great um I'm wondering if you're going to change the name of the, of the group after Corona. I was thinking Corona. about
2: that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we was, might. Yeah. I was kind of thinking we might change it to love in the time of Corona and beyond. Yes. Uh-huh. That's exactly <laughs> we'll just like group.
2: Parentheses and beyond. Yeah. It's like hard to totally change the name of the group, but we also, yeah, like it can't be, people aren't going to be like, oh, I want to be in this love in the time of Corona group in like two years once, hopefully, <laughs> knock on wood, COVID is done by then
1: yeah i like the and beyond i i switched <laughs> the name i i taught a course about five or six times called fine love during the pandemic that started the month after the pandemic started and then as we went on and on and on i kept teaching it and then i realized it's more of an and beyond course yeah, uh, because beyond. <laughs> pretty much everything i taught can be used post-pandemic and i think your group is universal it's Mm -hmm. not just about the coronavirus and hopefully we will have a new normal and a beyond very soon (laughs) and we'll have to readjust everything but you guys are constantly giving us ways to do that so i appreciate you and thank you for coming on today
0: thank Thank you you for having us on Sandy.
1: My pleasure. And everybody, thank you for watching. Please rate and review us if you love our show. And that always helps as the dateable (laughs) podcast ladies know. And, uh, And we hope you go on your last first date very soon.